Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Hallelujah. I want you to turn with me in your Bible to 1 John chapter 5. Before I left, I had started a theme, just going about it a little differently than I have in the past, on tuning up our faith. And the Lord has instructed me to emphasize faith this year especially. Because this year, 2020, God wants this church and all of, our, all of its members to be stronger in faith than we ever have been before. There are things that God wants us as a church uh, collectively to lay hold of. And, and we are laying hold of, of things. And we're, we're experiencing his uh, glory and his power in our services. And worshiping God and entertaining uh, the, the move of the Spirit, pressing in for the move of the Spirit and for, and for all that God has for us, all of those things require faith. It requires faith to be a true worshiper. You know, we read over in Hebrews 11, verse 6, that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Well, we know worshiping pleases God, but it only pleases God when we do it in faith and by faith. So, well, what do you mean worshiping by faith? Well, we'll look at the definition of faith today and we'll apply it to worship and you'll see what I'm talking about. Faith really applies to everything we do. I said in in an earlier service that of all the things we do, in a day, in a 24-hour period, think about all of the different things you do from the time you wake up in the morning until you fall asleep at night, the, the hundreds of things you do. And I pointed out that we need faith in all of those things, but none of those things produce any faith except hearing the word of God. This is where it comes from. And we spend so much time doing things that we have to do. We have to do a lot of things. But those things don't produce faith, they use faith, they require faith, and this is how we get it right here, amen? So if you found 1 John 5, verse one says, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Now, a lot of people do what John Wesley referred to as they have mental assent. They really don't believe anything in their heart. They're just mentally agreeing. If you ask a lot of people, if you ask people on the street, people at work, people that you know, your neighbors, if you ask them, do you believe that Jesus Christ, that Jesus is the Christ, that he is the Messiah, uh, now, a lot of people will tell you, no, I don't believe that. I'm, I'm an atheist or I'm a, uh, this faith or that faith or I'm agnostic or, or one thing or another. You'll hear a lot of people these days uh, who, won't, who won't acknowledge this. But you'll, you'll, hear, you'll have a lot of people that will say, oh, yes, I believe. I believe Jesus is Christ. He is the, he is the, the, the promised Messiah. But they only believe it up here. They've never had a new birth experience. When the Bible says whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ, it it means believing in the sense that he is Christ, the Messiah, and the Savior. And they've they've made a personal, uh, they've come to a personal uh, recognition and a personal acknowledging that Jesus, you are my Savior. You're not just the Savior, you're my Savior. You're my Christ, you're my Lord. And, and believing that he paid the price on the cross for them. Leah, 
Would you come over here for a second? Come up here and help me, dear. Praise the Lord. Just want to pray for you. Okay. Well, I don't know if I want to pray for you or what I want to do, but anyway, okay. just stand here. Mm-hmm. Glory to God. Go, <laughs> oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Mm, thank you, Father. Ooh, glory. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I hear the word steady. You've been steady. And the times, the times when you've when you've enemies tried to pull you away, to pull you off, to distract you, to put other things in front of you, would make you just kind of take a step back. You've managed to pull yourself back. You've pulled yourself back because the word that's in you is alive. Mm. The word in you is real. The word in you is powerful, and that pulls you back to that place. And so you've learned how to be steady. Mm. You've learned how to be steady. And so in the days ahead, that will serve you well. Yeah. There's, there's, coming, there's coming things in your future that might unsettle some people, but for you, it'll just be a time of steadiness. A time of steadiness. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, I heard the Lord say this, that he's going to take you further and higher than you could ever imagine right now. There is coming blessing into your life and promotion into your life beyond anything you can imagine. You're beyond your wildest expectations. And you and others will, will, will acknowledge, not just you, but others will acknowledge, wow, that has to be God. Praise the Lord. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. So a lot of people will say, yeah, Jesus is the Christ, but they don't know him. So when it it says, he who believes that Jesus is the Christ, it's talking about belief in the New Testament sense, believes in their heart. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. How many of you does that apply to today? How many, you, you believe in your heart. You know Jesus, that he is the Christ and he is your savior. Amen. Well, drop on down to verse number four. Whoever is born of God overcomes the world. He who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God And whoever is born of God overcomes the world. If you look around this room tonight, I mean today, you'll see that you're in the company of world overcomers. I'm looking at overcomers. I'm not looking at failures. I'm not looking at defeated people. I'm not looking at people whose futures are bleak. I'm looking at those who overcome the world. You have overcome the world. You have. God said you have. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. You you ought to get up in the mornings. Particularly, particularly when, you're, when you're facing something that seems to be insurmountable. You ought to get up in the morning and say, oh, praise God. I've overcome the world. This little thing is nothing. 
because I've overcome the whole world. I've overcome everything in this world. Any, put it this way, anything the world can throw at you, God's already, already declared you've overcome it. Amen. Amen. Well, if that's true, why does it seem like some Christians are always failing and always floundering and, and, and uh, you know, uh, going under or, or not having the victory or whatever? Why is that? If God says you're an overcomer, why aren't you overcoming? Now, I'm looking out here and I know you all, everybody in here overcomes everything all the time. But we're just thinking theoretically, you know, hypothetically to those on the outside, right? Because of this one point, this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. You see, you, you, God has declared it, but we lay hold of it by faith. In other words, if you believe that you're a world overcomer, when the world confronts you, when something of this world confronts you, when a problem of this world or something that seems to, to, to absolutely knock your feet out from under you comes against you, if you believe this, you rise up in faith and say, oh, no, 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 I have already overcome this. I have already overcome this. See, that, that's, that's where your faith comes in. And that's why God wants us as a, as a church and, and individuals in this church to each be strong in faith. I want, as I teach on this, I want everyone to take a, an honest and a fresh look at faith and examine, Paul made the statement in another place, he said, examine yourself to see whether you're in faith. Examine yourself. Remember when early in an earlier session, right before I left, we were talking about uh, the comments Jesus made uh, in connection with the, with the uh, parable of the sower. Remember that? Where he said, take heed what you hear and take heed how you hear. Remember that? He said, because the, those who, who were on the outside, those who attended his meetings and lifted their hands and said, oh, isn't Jesus wonderful? You know, when, when they had an opportunity to really press in, they went to lunch. And the 12 disciples and a, 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 a non-specified number of other people get, that were gathered around with the, with the disciples, they wanted to hear more. They weren't satisfied with what they had heard. They wanted more. And Jesus said, those on the outside, though they have ears, physical ears, they're not hearing. Now they heard the words, but it didn't get down in their heart. He said, their eyes, they have closed. So I want everybody in our congregation to make sure your spiritual ears and your spiritual eyes are open so that you hear and you see what you need to know because the Spirit of God will enlighten you. The Spirit of God will take principles of faith if you will if you will stay in his presence, he will take the principles of faith that are outlined in the scripture and he will reveal them to you and show you what to do. Have you ever noticed in the individual cases of healing that Jesus and the apostles always told somebody what to do? When Paul was preaching there in uh, in was it Philippi? And he said while he was preaching, he, he perceived that the man had faith to be healed. By the inspiration of the Spirit, he said, stand upright on your feet. Remember that? The man heard Paul, he had faith, and he stood. See, the Spirit of God gave direction for how to apply his faith. We make the mistake of thinking that, 
what somebody else did is what we need to do. No, we need to follow the leading of the Spirit. But he only leads in line with the Word. And we sit in church, if we sit in church and we hear the Word and say, well, I've heard this before, then you've shut yourself off. You've closed your ears, your eyes. And not only does that Word not get into you, but the leading of the Spirit's not there. Praise the Lord. Have you ever wondered sometimes you hear somebody's testimony, well, I was praying the Lord told me this and showed me what to do and, and maybe you've had the thought. Well, you know, he talks to everybody else. Why doesn't he ever talk to me? Well, he is talking. But if you're hard of hearing, like I said earlier, when, when someone's hard of hearing, uh, they, they hear the train whistle, but they don't hear the sparrows. They don't hear the birds singing. And very most of the time when the Lord is giving direction, he's not giving us a train whistle. He speaks very gently and very softly and very quietly in our heart. So we have to have ears to hear. Praise the Lord. Well, let's get into this a little bit further. Uh, go with me over to Ephesians chapter 6 real quick. Ephesians 6. And I got my clock all reset up here and set and ready to go. Never turned it on. So I'm going to start right now. Praise the Lord. <laughs> In Ephesians chapter 6, he said in verse 11, well, let's start in verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be, may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, the, the crafty schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. Having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying. Now, notice that it says above all. Above all, take the shield of faith. I tell you what, church, the, your faith, your personal faith is so important. It's so important. It must be fed. Your faith must be fed. Your faith is fed when you, when you not just read the word of God, but meditate on it and ponder and reflect on how it applies to you and what, it's, and what it really means and, and understanding that it's God speaking to me. You ought to, take, you ought to approach the Bible that way with the sense God's word is God speaking to me. And, and feed on the word. Let it become your life source. Carve out a, a sacred time in your 24-hour day that I'm going, to, I'm going to feed on God's word. I'm gonna get God's word down on the inside of me. If, you, if you're facing some type of a challenge, whether it's, it might be a, a situation in, in your family, it might be some kind of uh, situation in your life that you're struggling with that the enemy's giving you uh, a fit over, you just feel like, you know, you're under assault. It might be a physical thing or a financial need or something, a, a condition of some kind on the job. Uh, whatever it might be, find scriptures that have to do with what you're dealing with. You don't have to have a hundred scriptures just find one or two verses that give you a solid foundation. The reason I say more than one is because you want to make sure that what, you're, that what you're believing, the Bible says in more than one place. That it's not, you're, 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 you're not believing something that hangs, you know, on, a, on a, a little tiny thread, you know, from one verse of Scripture that if somebody else, every verse of Scripture that you use as foundational scriptures in life, they, they ought to be so clear that anyone, I mean, anybody that's saved and honest, when they read that, that's what they think of, they think of what you're dealing with. In other words, yes, this applies to this. 
I know when we were in, in uh, Bible school, Brother Hagin used to say, he said, you know, always use foolproof scriptures in your preaching. Foolproof scriptures. And what he was counseling against is, have you ever, have you ever heard somebody preach or teach the you know, word and minister or something, and they take a verse of scripture and they, they somehow are able to wrench a meaning out of that that nobody would ever have associated with what they're talking about unless they heard them preach that. You know what I'm talking about? That's not a safe theology to follow. So that's why Brother Hagin said, stick to foolproof scriptures that are so clear that what they say, it's clear that's what they mean and it's clear that it applies to that and the context shows that. Well, see, get you, just get you a handful, two or three scriptures maybe like that. And just whatever it is you're dealing with and get those scriptures down on the inside of you, meditate, do it every day, do it every day, do it every day, do it every day. I'm telling you, if you'll do that, I've been pastoring for almost 40 years and I know that people know to do, but they don't do. It's not in what you know to do, it's what you do that carries the day. And I know that a lot of people will say, yes, amen, that's right, preacher. That's right. And they go right out of here and forget to do it. It's not so much refusing to do it as it is forgetting to do it. Well, praise the Lord, you get my point? The shield of faith. Because with this shield, you can quench, you can see these fiery darts. What, what, they, what the soldiers would do in those days is they take their, their, their arrows and they, would, and they would put the ends in pitch, a tar-like substance, and light them on fire. And then they would shoot them. Well, everywhere they land, they start a fire. Well, see, that's what the enemy does with his attacks. He, he, he sends these, these fiery-tipped darts and accusations and thoughts and worries and threats and all those things, and he shoots them at us, and he's intending to set a fire of destruction in our life. With your faith, you stop every one of them, and you don't, you don't just stop them, you put them out says you'll quench them. You know what that means, quench. When you quench a fire, it means you pour water on it. It means you snuff it out. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not interested, interested some, just in stopping them. I want to put them out. Yeah. Faith will do that. Amen. It'll put out the fire of hell in your life. The fire of destruction in your life. Glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. Thank you, dear. I had to send her home this morning from a notebook. I got here. My notebook's black and my Bible's black and my case is black that I carried in and I'll lay it down on the, on the kitchen table and it's all black and, and it's not well lit in the morning and I'll come to church. I'll just grab my case and come and then I get here and didn't have my notes. So she's such a wonderful helpmeet. She just was so glad and happy to run to the house. <laughs> she was. What are you laughing at? <laughs> She was glad to do it. She was very cheerful. Well, I wouldn't say she was cheerful, but she wasn't, she wasn't upset. She was well pleased. What? <laughs> she said, well, maybe not well pleased, but pleased. She was, she was willing, all right? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Have you found, uh, you haven't found it, I haven't told you where to go. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11. Glory to God. What is faith? What are we even talking about when we talk about faith? This will help you now if you listen. If you listen, if you listen. Now faith, verse one says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I want to look at three of these words before we look at a fourth one in a, in a few minutes if I get to it today. Faith is the substance. 
One translation says confidence. Another translation says assurance. If you look at just the definition of of this word substance, it comes from a word which basically means the, the foundation or underpinnings, the support of something. Faith is the foundation, the support. And so these translators say it's the confidence and the assurance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. See, you have a hope, you have a desire in your life. You hope to be well. You hope to get a better job. You hope to uh, have an influence on people around you for good. You have, a, you have various hopes in your life. A hope, hopes help you set goals. We have to have hope. Without hope, we have nothing to look forward to. So hope is a wonderful goal setter. But hope by itself will never accomplish anything. Because after you hope for something, you have to do something to bring it to pass. You can hope to, for instance, to get an an advancement at work or or a better position, a better paying position. You can hope to do that, but you, you have to do more than hope. You have, to, you have to make yourself valuable at work. Isn't that right? Or if you, you hope to have a business, well, if you hope to have a business one day, at some point you've got to take that step and actually step out and put some action to your hopes. Because if you just hope to be rich, you will never be. Unless by chance you should win the lottery But if you don't play it, then that even rules that out, which you shouldn't play it. It's an illusion. What I'm saying is hope by itself will never accomplish anything. But faith gives gives substance to those things we hope for. It creates an, an underpinning something upon which God can work. Faith is the substance of the things we hope for. Now, you know, if you've been around here, you, you know years ago I, I, I was taken with the word thing. And I looked it up in the dictionary. I was probably the only person's ever looked up that word in the dictionary. And I found that a, that a thing was that which exists. But evidently I was not the first person because in the Greek, a Greek, one Greek scholar said that, that a thing means a thing done, a thing which has been done, a deed, an accomplished fact. Faith is the substance of things. Now notice, they're, they're, without faith, the things you hope for have no substance. They're just Ideas, they're just dreams. But faith causes your, the things you dream to become reality. Faith is the substance of things, that which is done, an accomplished fact. See, your healing is an accomplished fact. Now, you may be sick in body right now. You may have some kind of a physical ailment, maybe you've had for a long time. Just one of those persistent things. And in your body, you have no evidence of wellness in that that regard. You have all of the evidence of of an illness or infirmity. If you're asking God to heal you or you're believing according to the scriptures that you have been healed by the Lord Jesus Christ, then your faith becomes the substance of that thing. It now becomes a reality. It's an accomplished fact. Now it becomes a reality in your life because your faith gives substance to it. Does that make any sense? And then it says of things not seen. And this is where people people struggle with their faith. They struggle because they can't see certain things. They struggle because the Bible says by his stripes you were healed, but I still have arthritis. 
By his stripes, you were healed, but I still have a cold. By his stripes, you were healed, but I'm still this or I'm still that. Because you can't see it. That's exactly what faith is for. Faith is precisely for those things that you cannot see. Now, of course, you understand that the word see doesn't mean just visual perception. It means sensing by, by, you know, there are five senses. What are they? Sight, hearing, feeling, tasting, and smelling, right? Those now, I know if you look it up, there's like nine now. But all the others are just slight variations of the, of the basic five. There are five basic senses. There are things you can't see, but they're real. You can't see the wind, What is the wind? The wind is just air moving at at a faster pace than normal. And and it can be clocked. The speed can be determined. But you can't see it. You can see the effects of it, things blowing around in the yard or trees blowing around. But you can't see the wind, but you can perceive it because you can feel it. Isn't that right? So in all of the physical realm, Everything that is in this realm, in the natural realm, can either be saw, heard, felt, smelt, <laughs> or tasted. Isn't that right? And, if, and if, if, if something was not perceivable to those five senses, you, in the natural, you couldn't, you'd have no way of perceiving it. Someone who is blind and deaf and, and neither can smell nor taste or have any feeling, they would, be, they would be locked in a body completely unable to reach anything around them. They wouldn't know anything around them, anything that existed. They wouldn't be conscious of anything around them because you have to be able to, 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 to touch one of these things through those senses. Well, there are things in the realm of the spirit that are out there and they're not perceivable to the senses. God's promise and, and what not, not just his promise, but what he has declared to be true in your life might not be perceivable at all to your senses. You can't, you can't contact it in, in any way. But just like because I don't, I can't see the wind, is no reason for me not to believe it. Have you ever seen your brain? How many of you believe he has one? Every hand should go up. But. <laughs> no, there are things that you can't see or touch or feel, but you know you believe. Isn't that right? Well, there are things that when God says certain things about you, they're in that realm that can't be touched or seen or felt. Faith gives evidence to those things. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The Amplified Bible says, now faith is the assurance, the confidence, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see. Lovett's translation says, what is faith, you ask? Well, it is an inner assurance that the things we hope for actually do exist and the conviction that they are already ours even though we cannot see them. Now, there's two words here that that were brought up in these two uh, translations, and one is title deed, and the other is proof. Proof. If, if If I went to, if I decided to buy a vehicle from Steve Morgan, let, now assuming that he owns the vehicle, if, he, if the bank, if there's a note on it, it complicates things. But let's say, let's say he owns an automobile outright and I want to buy it from him. I go to Steve and I say, you know, I want to buy your, your vehicle, it's for sale, and I give him, you know, X amount of dollars. Well, when I give him that money, he has the title to that, to that vehicle and he takes it out and he writes down the odometer, you know, the listing, and then he signs that over to me on that title. Is that, isn't that the way it works? Now, I can take that title and I can go down to City Hall and I can get a tag and a registration in my name for that vehicle. Now, they don't, they don't even see the vehicle. They don't, there's no vehicle there. I say, I want a tag for a, a 2015 such and such truck. Well, where's the truck? 
I don't have to have the truck. Here's my proof. I have the title deed. It was signed over to me by the person who, who did own the truck and that title deed is my evidence. Now, I'm not ultimately going to be satisfied with just the evidence because I can't drive the evidence. I want to get in the truck and drive it. But before I ever drive it, I have proof that it's mine. I don't even, I wouldn't even have to have seen the truck. If I trust him and he says he's got a good truck and it's for sale and he describes it to me, if I trust, I don't even have to see it. I don't have to have the keys. All I have to have is that title signed over me and that truck is mine. It satisfies me and it satisfies City Hall. They'll look at that document and they'll say, yeah, see here that it's signed over, everything's done, it's notarized. He said, and they'll give, me, they'll give me a tag and register that vehicle as mine and they've never seen it and I've never seen it, perhaps. Faith is the evidence, the title deed of the things that you hope for. Your faith becomes... Evidence is something you have. Evidence is sort of, sort of like a temporary commodity. You need evidence of something before you have the something. Because once you have the something, you don't need the evidence, you have the something. something. I'm getting this out here. You're messing me up here, just looking at me so. He's got baby on his brain, you know. (laughs) The, The evidence, I need evidence if I don't have the thing. But when I have the thing, once I have the thing, I put the evidence in the drawer. I don't drive that piece of paper around. I stick it in the drawer and I never think about it anymore because now I have what I bought. Well, Jesus bought our salvation. He bought our freedom from the devil, from sin, from spiritual death, from from, uh, eternity lost without God. He bought our freedom from that. He bought our freedom from the curse of the law. Everything that disobedience could ever cause to come into your life, he purchased your freedom from those consequences. Sickness, depression, fear, anxiety, failure, poverty. He bought your freedom from that. He gave you salvation. How many of you have ever seen the Lord? You have the title deed in your heart. Your faith is the title deed for that. Though having not seen, you love. Though now you see him not, yet rejoicing with joy unspeakable and full of glory, you receive the end result of your salvation now by faith. That's how faith works. Faith perceives as something that God has said. If God says this, it's true. If God said by his stripes, you were healed. Now you think about your situation, whatever it might be. If God said by the stripes of Jesus, you were healed of that, then that's true. That's the truth. It exists. And it doesn't just exist in theory. It doesn't just exist out there in a, in a, in a you know, neither land somewhere. Jesus physically went to the cross. He actually bore in his body all of our diseases. So it's true, it exists. But you, you, don't, you haven't seen him, you haven't, you haven't heard with your natural ears, you haven't felt with your, with your natural, natural outward man, but your faith has become the evidence of that. And you hold on to that evidence until the truck arrives. You just hold on to that evidence. And you thank God. If, if I go to City Hall with that evidence, I'm not sweating about it. I'm not anxious about it. Once I gave him the money and he gave me the keys, I mean, gave me the, the document with, the, with the, uh, his signature on it, at that point, I'm at rest. I'm at rest because I know it's mine. The deed has been signed over and I'm at rest because I trust him. 
I know that the, that the truck is gonna show up in my driveway. Either I'm gonna go to his house and I'm gonna pick it up or he's gonna bring it to me. I'm not so concerned about the physical driving of the truck once I have that, that note. Once I have the evidence because I, I, the evidence is good evidence. This is the best evidence there is. This is, this is more powerful than any warranty deed that any man can issue. It's more sure than anything that's ever been spoken or ever been read or ever been documented. There's not anything in the annals of human history that comes close to the authority and believableness of this scripture. And when God says it's mine, in my heart I say that's it. That's my evidence, praise God. And once I do that, yeah, yes, like, like in the car illustration, yeah, I want to drive the thing. I certainly do, but the evidence solves it for me. I mean, that, that locks it up in my heart. I'm, I'm, no, I'm, not, I'm not concerned about, I'm not concerned he's going to back out because he can't back out. I've got his word. He's already signed the document. Even if he changes his mind, which he wouldn't, but if he did, he couldn't. Because the document has been signed. Well, our redemption was signed. Our redemption was sealed and has been recorded. Glory to God. And my faith rests in that. That's what faith does. It rests because it has evidence that's indisputable. And see, what, I, what my eyes can see and my ears can hear and what I can feel with my body, none of those things, none of those things are even remotely reliable when it's compared to this. Now, I know the enemy will fight you with those feelings. He'll, he'll assail your mind and he'll assail your body. You'll feel that pain, that discomfort. You'll, 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 you'll be aware of the threat of that uh, imminent disaster that's hanging over you. He'll, he'll do everything he can. Those are those fiery darts that he keeps sending at you. And, and if he can get you to pay attention to what is seen, if he can get you to pay attention to your feelings or to what it looks like or to what people are saying, if he can get your attention on that and off of the evidence, he has you. But you keep that shield of faith up. Oh, glory to God. And every time one of those fiery darts come, every train yourself to, you know, it says over in Hebrews chapter two, uh, no, excuse me, chapter five, that even our senses can be trained by, by reason of practice our senses can be trained to discern good and evil. I have become, and you can become this way too, that everything in the natural realm, if I feel something or I hear something, I've learned to immediately say, wait a minute. Is that in line with the word? See, I'm, I've trained my senses to discern. Nope, that that's, that's not of God. That's contrary to the word. You can train your senses to discern good and evil and reject the evil and accept the good. Well, glory to God. And so with that shield of faith, when that fiery dart goes, you say, no, that, that's, not, that's not according to the scripture. You, you might get up and all of a sudden, and, and this, I'm, I guess this happens to most people, uh, probably happens more the older you get, but you'll, 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 start to get up or move and all of a sudden there'll be a pain that it just came from nowhere and it wasn't there a few minutes before and you've never felt it before and obviously there's this pain. Well, a lot of those things are transient. You know, and everybody, I guess, of every age feels, you know, little things come up and you know, where'd that come from? And you don't pay any attention to them. But sometimes those things want to persist. I've learned that immediately, immediately, when they come up, I go, wait a minute, hold it. Jesus bore my pains. He carried my pains. And anything that could cause this pain, he bore that too. Glory to God. 
What am I doing? I'm taking that shield of faith and I'm... A little fiery dart just got quenched. Glory to God. That's what makes faith so powerful. We can live our lives and no matter where you are today in your journey, no matter how successful or unsuccessful you've been, don't look at the past. Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind, reach forward to those things that are ahead. I'm telling you, absolute victory is ahead. Well, my mother believed that and she died. Listen, stop looking at other people. Just look at this. Well, my granddaddy died of heart disease. My mama died of heart disease. All of her brothers and sisters died of heart disease. And two of my brothers and sisters died of heart disease. And and looks like I'm going to have heart disease. There's no heart disease in the work of redemption. There's none in there. There's healing. So no matter what you might be facing or have experienced, you say, well, I've tried this for 13 years. Well, 2020 is a year you've not been in before. Glory to God. And there, is, there are answers, there is deliverance, there is victory, there is health, there is prosperity, there is provision, there is all that you need and it's all in the recording. It's been recorded, bless God. Jesus has signed the document. It's yours, praise God. Take it to the bank. Take it to City Hall. Get your, get your, your registration issued, praise God. Start acting on what's yours. Oh, hallelujah. God wants us to have it all. And all is the premium word. That's all for today. (laughs) Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. It gets better all the time. (laughs) It gets, I'm telling you, it gets better every day. Just gets better every day. Are you living like that? Are you living in such a way where, you, where in your heart you have a gladness because you can see in your heart that it's getting better every day? If, if you do, there's an expression. There's a light on your face. You don't go around with this cloud like you. You've never seen somebody, they just look like one of those peanut commercials like there's this cloud over what character was that was always raining over him? Linus. Huh? Pigpen. Pigpen. He always had this cloud over him everywhere. So, yeah, that's me, Pastor. <laughs> if you'll do, if you'll do what I actually do, actually do what I said. Not because I said it, but because of the Bible. If you'll actually practice it more than a day. more than a day, more than a week, get get yourself by the nap of the neck and say, sit your bad self down here and get into these promises. Feed on them. Find the ones that cover and just absolutely absorb absorb yourself in them. It won't be long before that cloud will be gone. And you'll be sunshine on you. And you'll have that before you have the manifestation of whatever it is you're believing for. Before the money comes, before the, before the warts disappear, before, the, before, before whatever it is you're believing God for, before that happens, that cloud will lift off of you. And you'll be like I am when I go down to City Hall and get that tag for my car. Bless God, I got it. I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. If you'll do it, if you'll do it, it'll work. If you don't do it, it won't work. Well, it does work. If you don't do it, you just don't do it. <laughs> Still works, whether you do it or not. It works for those of us who do it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's stand. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Say, preacher, you're preaching on faith again? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And besides, that's one, that's one of the things that God raised this generation up for. He sent faith 
to this generation, a revelation of faith. One of the last things Kenneth Hagin said before he died, Doc Horton and Jerry Horton, his wife, were with dad and mom Hagin the morning he died. They were sitting at the breakfast table with him when he died. And uh, he always said he was going to die and he was going to have a good breakfast and eat his favorite food. And he did that that morning. He ate whatever it was, strawberries and something. And, and then he just slumped over and he was gone. But one of the last things, I think it might have been the last thing he ever said to Doc Horton, he was, and Doc was right there. The last thing he said to him was don't ever stop preaching faith. Now, Doc Horton was just a little bit younger than Brother Hagen, I think, about the same age. So it had to apply to more than just him. He was saying that as a message to the church. Don't ever stop preaching faith. He was talking to preachers. Don't ever stop preaching faith. Uh, I remember in, uh, I remember hearing Charles Caps years ago. He was a great man of God and a, a wonderful preacher and teacher of faith himself. In fact, the Lord Jesus spoke of, of Charles Caps as a faith, as a great faith teacher. Back in the 1980s, Jesus spoke to Kenneth Hagin and said, I, I, he said, I want you to go now and teach my church on the move of the Holy Ghost. Told him some things about that. And he said, I've raised up other great faith teachers now like Charles Caps. How would you like to have Jesus say that about you? He didn't say it about a bunch of other guys. They all probably went, well, good for you. <laughs> Charles Caps was a great man of God, but he, I remember hearing Charles Caps say that T.L. Osborne told him, I heard Caps say this, T.L. Osborne said to him, that every movement, spiritual movement that God brings into the church, you could call it a revival or whatever you want to call it. He said every movement of God that died out, died out because the preachers who were at the center of it stopped preaching that message and started preaching something else. Maybe they felt like people were tired of hearing it. Maybe they felt like it was old-fashioned. Or maybe they felt like there's all these other new things that people are talking about these days and we've got to get in with them. That's happening a lot today. Oh, there's all of these other things people are, are preaching. Well, that maybe they're called to preach that. I don't know. But T.L. Osborne, who was a, a mighty apostle, he said every movement that died, died because its leaders stopped preaching the message God gave them in the beginning. They started adding other things to it and changing it and stopped preaching it. Well, praise the Lord. God sent us, my wife and me, to this community and one thing he told us to do was to preach faith. And, and after 40, nearly 40 years, I can testify that faith is the crucial need. It is the critical need today It's critical in your life. I don't want to single anybody out and I'm not going to, but I tell you what, I know, I know there, there are people in our, my congregation right now that there are issues in your life that you've struggled with. If, you'll, if you will make up your mind to absolutely be a wholehearted doer of the word, you'll see those things change. You'll, do, you'll see them change but you have to wholeheartedly do the word of God. Hallelujah. I just really can't stress that enough. Stop mental assenting and start doing, start believing the word of God and acting on it. I'm telling you. Woo. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's, I'd rather live by faith than any other way. I know I'm taking an extra minute here, but let me ask you a question. Don't answer out loud. Don't answer out loud. But if somebody offered you cash 
tax-free, $1 million. And they said, you can either have a million dollars or you can be strengthened in faith and come into to a full, firm understanding of the faith of God. It's either that, I'll give it to you, or you can have a million dollars. In your heart, I wonder what you would choose. Because honestly, we choose a lot of other things over faith. People do. But you know, a million dollars won't heal your body. A million dollars won't heal your marriage. A million dollars won't bring you peace. A million dollars won't solve your crisis. Say, well, it'll make me comfortable while I'm suffering. <laughs> well, history doesn't, doesn't really say that. Some of the wealthiest people in the world are the most miserable and have all kinds of destruction in their lives. And they cannot buy their way out of it. But with faith, you overcome the world. It's nothing like living by faith. There's just nothing like it. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We honor you today. Thank you, Father. Inspire people today to truly live by faith, to lay hold of the faith of God, to lay hold of it, to absolutely lay hold of it, grasp it and to operate and live by it, Father. Oh, glory to God. Great, 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 great things are ahead. Great things are ahead. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I believe people will do that. I believe people will do that, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you for it, Father. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hope you got something out of that today. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. I just, I just sense God's presence. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Your presence is so precious. Father, we just want to tarry in your presence. Glory to God. 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 Hallelujah. Direction is coming. Direction is coming into hearts right now. You're seeing, you're seeing in your heart right now how life can be different. You've come in here and you had somewhat of a jaded attitude. But you've got you've got fresh vision now. Fresh vision. Fresh inspiration. God's dealing with your heart. And you're seeing once again light. You're seeing light. You're, you're getting direction from the Spirit of God. Do you know how, how, how precious that is? To have the Spirit of the living God begin to deal with you Work in your heart. Reveal things that open your understanding. <sighs> Glory to God. To him who has, more will be given. You might only see a glimpse and a glimmer, but if you'll see that and hear that, 
keep your eyes on what God is saying to you from the Bible, more will be given, Jesus said, and you will go on to have abundance of understanding. Abundance of understanding is better than abundance of money. Abundance of, other, of understanding can, can answer all of the problems that lack of money brings your way. We need, we need understanding and there's more. Glory to God. I sense that light, the lights come on in some hearts today, but I'm telling you, there's more. There's more, there's more, there's more. Glory to God. Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.